0: Oh yeah, faster LSU I say they ain't ready for the LSU, no they ain't ready for the LSU, huh? They ain't ready for the
1: LSU, no they ain't ready for the LSU What's up everybody, back again in the Tigers Avenue, episode number 15 coming at ya We got a little special guest in here with us today, one of our good friends, Austin Louie He's here with us. He is a Hogs fan. He's going to give us some insight on what's been going on with the transfer portal. Uh, we're going to look at the ridiculous loss that LSU took on Saturday uh, against the Hogs as well. I'm sure he'll give us uh, some grief about that loss. Um, but we're glad to have you with us, Austin. Um, let's get right into it here, uh, Zach. Let's let's recap this weekend basketball. Uh, we got a tale of two stories. Uh, for these two games, you go on the road against Florida on Wednesday. You you don't have Xavier Pinson and the people that you needed to step up, the players that you needed to, to step up to fill in for Pinson's absence, Darius Days, Brandon Murray, Eric Gaines specifically, they stepped up and against Florida they played – a great game in his absence and brought home the victory in Gainesville 64 to 58. I think that Darius had one of his best games in Gainesville probably of his career. I mean he he put up 20 points, he had six rebounds. he was he, he was acting like the general on the general on the court that Xavier typically is. Eric Gaines obviously started in Pinson's absence, and he put up 15 points and played a a much more calm, a much more less chaotic game than what we typically see from him, and and we really needed that from him. But and Brandon Murray put up 10 points as well, and uh, again, I I continue to say how crucial Brandon is to the LSU team, and uh, he is an X factor on defense. He's incredible. Zach, give me your... Initial thoughts on the Florida game. We also got to see Sharif O'Neal enter for the first time this season against Florida as well. Give me your thoughts there on the Florida game. I want to say I called it on my
0: prediction, thinking Sharif O'Neal would come in. Um, and especially when you had Xavier uh, not in the game, you had to think that he was going to come in and, and take some of those reps, take some of those minutes away. And he did. And he came in, and um, you could tell uh, the game had to kind of come to him. He had, to, you know, I mean, he's been out of the basketball for a long time. I don't know exactly how long, but I know it's been a year or so. And so you could tell the game had to kind of come to him. And once he made that first basket, it was like, okay, here we go. He got you uh, some rebounds on the offensive uh, board. That was really, really good for us. He only had um, four points on the night, but those two, those four points, those two buckets, uh, were really good and an important part of the game. And so I expect to see him a lot more in the rest of the season and especially just taking some minutes. As I said this on the last podcast, Efton Reed's had a lot of foul trouble here in SEC play. He hasn't been able to really get going. I mean, he's a young freshman. He's got to got to learn uh, how to play in the SEC. But Sharif came in, took some of those minutes away, and helped Efton get out of foul trouble a little bit <laughs> because Efton still fouled out that game. So. Sharif, having Sharif is going to help a lot for when Efton uh, goes into foul trouble or goes out of the game completely and fouls out. I think Darius stays like you said, one of his best games of the season. We know early on he, he started out really, really strong and was putting up a lot of points. And then Tari Eason became the Tari Eason that we know now and, and is a baller. Tari Eason, though, against Florida did not have a big game. He was in foul trouble he fouled out with I think 14 minutes left in the second half, and that's your best player. And Darius Days stepped up, scored 20, and really helped lead the team to that victory. So I'm really proud of them to go on the road and, and get that win. But as you said, it was a tale of a tale of two games, and the next game was a lot more rough.
1: Yeah, I want to I want to hit on something here as well in the Florida game to. Um, Man, Eason, yes Fouled out extremely early I mean, the dude played Seven minutes in this game He typically plays I think on average 20 to 23, 25 minutes a game And Eason played Seven minutes So without Pinson And Eason playing seven minutes In this game It was incredible I I, I really thought if you told me Penson was out and Eason only played seven minutes because he fouled out, I would have told you we had no chance in the world to win in Gainesville. But, man, like I said, Eric Gaines stepped up big in this game, putting up 15 points and probably had the best game of his career at LSU, I think, as a whole since he's been here as a young sophomore. I mean, just was poised and made some really big shots at the end of the game to uh, extend the Tigers' lead and put the game away. But when we go to the Arkansas game uh, this week, on Saturday it was the complete opposite story. Pinson's still out. He's still dealing with his knee injury. Hopefully we will get him back this week against Alabama. But on Saturday you needed Darius again to step up. You needed Eric Gaines to step up. You needed Brandon Murray to step up, and man, Darius Days had three points. Brandon Murray had two points. So when you take Xavier Pinson out of the game, and then Arkansas essentially takes Darius Days and Brandon Murray out of the game, you really had no shot. We as a team are not an offensive Team and we all know that we know this team is is all about its defense and creating turnovers and scoring in transition and and getting in the paint and and none of that was happening on uh, on Saturday when when you would see fast breaks and transitions we weren't capitalizing on those moments when we needed to and we were missing transition buckets and we were missing in fast fast break moments and we missed open shots and. Man, when you have Pinson out and you only get five points from two of your other starters who you rely on to score in double digits in a situation like this, I mean, you are asking to lose this game. I I, I will say, I mean, the the game ended up being 65-58. And with Pinson out and only one starter putting up double digits, and that was Eric Gaines, I would have thought we would have lost by like 15 points. Like, not even close. Thankfully, Tari Eason and Alex Fudge played good games and had 13 points coming off the bench. Tari Eason stayed out of foul trouble and played his 26 minutes. And the game was close uh, until the very end, and the Hogs pulled away with uh, with a big shot from Jalen Williams at the top of the key and then drawing the charge on, on the other end. And it really, at that point, had had put the game away. The story, I think, of, of LSU losing this game was the five-minute scoring drought at the end of the game. When when you're already close and you're not getting production and then at the end of the game you go five minutes without scoring a bucket, the result is what it is. Austin, I want to refer to you here uh, on this. Man, I mean, in all honesty, I mean, we're, we were coming to this game 15-1, and one if we capitalize on this game, we're looking at being in the top ten. We're thinking, oh man, Arkansas is what were they, one and three in the SEC coming in this game? I mean, we were thinking we were thinking, man, we got this in the back. We just went one in Gainesville. What was different in Arkansas this Saturday that you hadn't seen early in SEC play that that led them to this victory?
2: Yeah, I think you really hit on it. So the the matchup as a whole was not good for Arkansas, even with Pinson being out. Um, obviously that helped, you know, that he wasn't in the game. But knowing how LSU has been playing defensively this year, turning people over, and then on the flip side of that, Arkansas, who uh, all they seem like they can do is turn it over, over and over and over again. Um, they just continue to do that. that. And that was the story of the game, too. They, LSU continued to do that. They continued to turn it over, or Arkansas continued to turn it over, but the difference was uh it, it was shocking to me they showed up the stat of points off turnovers towards the end of the game, and it was like we were winning that category twenty to nine at that point with just a few minutes left in the game. And but LSU had definitely turned us over way more. So it's just like you'd say, y'all weren't capitalizing off those off those buckets. But as far as the Arkansas side of things go, the thing I mean, and you hit on this too, you know, the scoring drought at the end was our defense that we haven't had all year. And and that's been a staple and Musselman's team since he's been in Arkansas is we're going to turn it up on the defensive end. And each year we've gotten better offensively, But we're and the offense will come, but the defense has always been a staple. Um, and that has just not been the case this year uh, for whatever reason. We have the ability. We have the guys to do it. We have talent. Uh, we have athleticism. But it just hasn't, for some reason, has not, has not gelled. And so the last nine minutes of the game on Saturday – it seemed like the the defense they were bought into the defense. Um, Jalen Williams taking those charges; uh, those were big down the stretch, obviously, um, a key moment. So, those are a few. The, I think that was the biggest thing was LSU not capitalizing on the turnovers, and Arkansas' defense at the end uh, won the game for them.
1: I mean, likewise, like I said, the, the turn t- scoring off turnovers is almost all of LSU's offense. Zach, give us your thoughts on this game. Um, what you saw, what you didn't like that you saw, um, and what we can do moving forward, maybe to improve, uh, maybe what you saw from the Hogs as well.
0: Yeah, I mentioned this to Austin on text the other night. If LSU scores 70, this team, is they're going to win that game. I mean, the probability of them winning a game that they score 70 is very, very high. If they score in the 50s or 60s, then that's when you start to worry as an LSU fan. And the reason being, offense has been the problem the entire year, which is really weird to say, as we've said a lot, because the SEC, LSU fans, college basketball as a whole is has been so used to LSU being a high scoring offense, you know, scoring in the eighties, scoring in the high seventies, um, you know, in the nineties and the hundreds against lesser teams. But this team just hasn't been able to find that guy outside of Tari Eason that is going to step up and get you, you know, uh, in the high teens, in the 20s, points per game. You know, when you don't have Adam Miller, you we, we had to turn to who who's it going to be. And early on, it was Darius Days. Now here more recently, it was Tari Eason. But in this game, even though Tari Eason put up 13, I think Arkansas – play defense against him well. Um, they definitely put the clamps down on, on on Darius Days and Brandon Murray, our perimeter guy. Um, if you look at the box score and you see Eric Gaines is the leading scorer for LSU, that's not good because <laughs> Eric Gaines is not a scorer. He is a facilitator. You know he's flat. He's a flashy guy. Get get you, you know, a really really amazing play every now and then. And then he's a great defender. So LSU has to find uh, another guy to come and step up whenever Tara Easton isn't playing well. Uh, now I think a lot of this is because X was out of the game, and so we'll, we'll see moving forward when, when X is healthy how LSU does. You know when Easton has an off night when. Uh, you know, days isn't having a great night um, because that is going to really determine how far this LSU team will go in the tournament. Uh, as far as Arkansas, I wanted to ask Austin this question because we've also talked about it a little bit. Obviously, J.D. Notte is y'all's guy. He He's, he's the guy that y'all look to, to to score all the points. Is it Jalen Williams or is it another player, Austin? Who, do, who does Arkansas need to look to moving forward, especially, you know, LSU is going to play them in Fayetteville early March, and so we will see this matchup again. Who does Arkansas need to look to in, in the scoring category outside of J.D. Note if they want to move forward and, and get some big wins in SEC play?
2: Yeah, I think – so early early on in the season, early in the year, we had kind of the guys that Musk was going to run with, and you're just really, really struggling. Um, and then you go into – you finally – even when we were winning those early games, it, you know the competition wasn't great, but we were pulling out wins – um, but the team was just not playing well. You get to SEC play. You struggle, you struggle, you struggle. And then you go to you play Missouri. You host Missouri. And Musk changes it up, and he plays Kamani Johnson and Trey and uh, Two guys that, maybe not to answer the question offensively guys, but energy guys. Guys that are going to set the tone early. And it was infectious, and you could tell. And I think that has kind of helped this team as a whole. Now, offensively. You're gonna. I mean, you have to start with J.D. Note, and LSU. The game against LSU on Saturday was most evident of that because he was the one that was guarding Gaines, and Gaines was having a good day against us. But J.D. kept getting into foul trouble. Well, when J.D. was out of the game, the offense was pretty much nothing. I mean, there was no, there was no, there was no facilitating. There was no scoring. Whether he was the one scoring the basketball, whether whether he was the one facilitating the basketball. Um, everything was running through him. And so when you get when you get when you get good JD Note or in the season was not always good JD Note. He was always he would you know fire up buckets that were out of rhythm, force things. But I think I think you you pointed it to, I think a guy like Jalen Williams, who a guy we coming into the season knew needed to take the next step. Um and that's kind of the case with I think Muscleman's teams as a whole. They're gonna look different every year. Uh, just because he attacks the transfer portal so well, I mean, I think more teams are doing that now. Uh, more schools are getting on that on that train. But your teams are going to look different every year. Well, you look back to last year's team, who had great moments for us. Well, that was Devo Davis and Jalen Williams. Now they were supplementary guys, supplement guys. the 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 core guys were Moses Moody, Jalen Tate, uh, Justin Smith. When we needed a stop, when we needed a bucket, when we needed anything we looked to those guys throughout the entire year. They were anchors for us. Those three guys are gone. So it was time for Devo and Jalen to step up. And I think Jalen has had his moments. Um, I think Devo has regressed, unfortunately. And so those are guys that you were expecting to step up for you and to to have that extra year of experience that is just not showing that. Um, Jalen has come on strong. But you've got you've got all you've got plenty of offensive weapons, plenty of talented guys. Chris likes he played Miami, scored average seventeen a game. Uh, Stanley Mude averaged over twenty a games at his previous school. So there's guys that can put the ball in the hole. Um, they're just not they just haven't been doing that at a consistent rate, uh, like we had with Moody, Smith, and Tate last year. Those three guys uh, that were consistent um, defensively, consistent offensively. I mean, you're just not having that. So, but I would look to a guy like a Jalen Williams to spark the uh, spark things on the offensive end for sure.
1: Let's move here from the the hardwood and let's talk some football um, specifically. You, you mentioned Musselman using the portal a lot, dude. Across all college sports, the transfer portal is the transfer portal is becoming just massively used. Do we rely on you know, training and, and bringing up a guy out of high school who doesn't have any college experience or, hey, can we go use the portal and get somebody who's has proven college experience and can we plug them in immediately? And you're seeing that across all of college sports in general, football, baseball, basketball, you name it. Um, it it's happening. And recently there's been a lot of news with, with Arkansas and LSU transfers Uh, It seems like they somewhat have swapped a few players. Um, uh, LSU sends two players to Arkansas. Arkansas sends two players to LSU. Namely, uh, for LSU, they got Joe Fouché and Greg Brooks Jr. Um, Arkansas from LSU has gotten Dwight McLaughlin and the defensive end Landon Jackson. Um. I'll give you all uh, my thoughts so far on 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 these guys specifically. But first, for our, our podcast, our LSU guys, look, LSU fans, this is what BK told us he was going to be doing to rebuild this roster. He had to hit the transfer portal, um, and, and you're seeing it happen. As of right now, LSU ranks number one in the 247 Sports Transfer Portal rankings. Um, I mean, it's been a frenzy lately. You saw Joe Fouché. You saw Greg Brooks Jr. Now you've seen Noah Kane from Penn State, the running back. You've seen Kyron Lacy, the receiver from ULL. You saw um, Makai Garner, the DB from ULL. You've seen West Weeks come from West Virginia, the linebacker, the long snapper from East Carolina, uh, Slade Roy. Uh, Most recently uh, on Monday, you got the punter from uh, Notre Dame, uh, this is going to continue to happen. Uh, obviously, we also got Miles Frazier earlier on, the the top offensive lineman in the portal from FIU. This is what's going to keep happening. There, there's going to be more news out of the portal for LSU. This is how Brian Kelly in year one is going to have to supplement this roster. Um, unfortunately, Ed Ordron has left us in a horrific roster uh, um, management situation. And he's gonna have to do to use the portal, and he is using the portal to supplement. Zach, give me your thoughts uh so far originally uh, on from a LSU standpoint, and then we'll get into this LSU Arkansas transferring guys back and forth thing. Zach, give me your thoughts on what you've seen so far with LSU and the transfer portal.
0: Well, I think it's something that really had to be done. You mentioned the the roster problem that just just not having guys on the roster I mean we already know this LSU went into the bowl game with 37 38 39 guys on on the roster that that were able to available to play the game on scholarship and that is not going to be uh, able to help you win if you have that kind of situation and you're not going to be able to win uh, ball games, especially when you get into your conference play, and and you're and you're playing other other conference teams that are having you know eighty guys on the roster, right? Uh, there's going to be huge depth problems there, and so LSU had to do this. Um, if you if you go and you look at Michigan State and the situation they had a couple of years ago, Mel Tucker comes in and he rebuilds that entire program with the transfer portal, and look at what they did this past year they had a good season they went from I think it was two wins or two two three or four wins it wasn't it wasn't a lot um, to what they did this year and so um, the transfer portal whether you like it or not um, personally I think it's good for college football it, 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 it helps kids it helps the student athlete go after you know being somewhere for a year or two and they know they're not going to be getting any playing time you know they can make a move and go somewhere where they can get immediate playing time and they can put out film for their career to potentially take the next step and go nfl for lsu though i think it's huge i don't i don't know if they're going to sign the full 32 spots that are available we know we've signed 13 from the incoming freshman class out of high school we've signed these guys in the transfer portal if, if you guys know you can backfill scholarships uh, if you don't use your your full 25 and in, th- in our case 32 this year if you don't use that full amount that you can bring in for this class you can backfill that in the next class so I don't think LSU is going to use the full 32 here this year in this recruiting class I think they're going to use that to backfill a little bit more next year when Brian Kelly has a full recruiting cycle to himself with LSU but I do think you know they're going to get close to the upper upper 20s in And guys uh, for this class, you know, 28, 29 guys, I think they'll leave leave just a few spots for next year to backfield. But I think you definitely need to still go out and get spots where you need where you have needs. Linebacker, you have to go out and you got to fill spots there. Uh, I don't think we have a linebacker yet in the transfer portal that's coming to LSU. Uh, we got to go West find Weeks. some guys. Wes Weeks is the only guy. Yeah, just announced on Monday. He's the only guy right now. But even he himself is kind of a – he's a three-star, I think, in the transfer portal. And so he's not like – we don't know if he's the guy that's going to step in and, and play immediately. We don't we don't know if that's the guy that's going to come in and start. You got guys that are going to come in. You got to find guys that are going to come in, and they're going to make immediate impact right now. Because all you, as far as we know, all we have right now is – uh, Mike Jones coming back and potentially Micah Baskerville coming back, right? And then after that, I mean, you have guys that don't have a lot of experience, correct? I think you still need to go fill positions uh, at, at, at corner. You still need to, especially with losing Dw- Dwight McLaughlin, that was a huge hit. To me, Reagan, it was kind of, it was a little confusing that we picked up a running back and a wide receiver, especially with the depth that we have at those positions because I think if you Were to say, where is the spots that we we feel at least comfortable with? You know that we got guys there. It would probably be running back, wide receiver, and then maybe defensive defensive line. But we go pick up guy for a wide receiver out of UL. We go pick up, of course, Noah Kane out of Penn State. To me, though, Reagan, I think picking up Noah Kane could potentially give us some insight. Travante citizen of course we know Travante citizen is uh, the number one running back out of Louisiana he still has not made a decision on where he is going to be going to high school or going to college out of high school um to me Brian Kelly going and picking up Noah Kane might give us some insight into the potential that Travante citizen is not coming to LSU we'll see on that but if you add Travante citizen to that running back class and he does commit, you've got a lot of guys there, and you got to believe that at least one or two of them is going to transfer. So I think we've we, Brian Kelly's done a really good job. He's picked up some important key players, but I think he's still got a lot, a lot of work to be done. And as you said, um, there's still a lot, a lot of ways to go, and there's still going to be a lot of guys that are going to be brought to LSU via the transfer portal.
1: Yeah, I, I think we'll, we'll expect to see um, – I mean, with high school – uh, recruits and transfers I think we'll we'll see from about five to seven more guys added to this class my my thought process on the Noah Kane I know you said you feel maybe comfortable with running back receiver defensive line I would say I would more comfortable with receiver defensive line I I'm skeptical at running back because yeah you got John Emery coming back yes you have Corey Conner come back and Armani Goodwin but there's there's not a lot of production uh, between the three of those guys. There's not a lot of starting time. There's not a lot sure. of play time. John Emory came in in the 2019 season, saw very minimal, you know, play. Last year he was injured. This year he was academically ineligible. Like he he ain't started hardly at all. Uh, and Corey Kiner had snaps this year behind TDP every now and then. Noah Kane has production at Penn State. I mean, he started at Penn State um, and, and was named the starter at the beginning of this year. He battled an injury last year, was named the starter this year. So I think that was a production uh, uh, get there, someone who, who, who's seen play, who's seen the field. And I think that was the, the reasoning behind Noah Cain. Uh, we'll see with Trevante Citizen. Um, I, I expect – Probably one, maybe two to transfer. I I fully expect at least one to transfer out of the running back room. Uh, I, I'm not going to make a guess on that, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if we if if one left. Let's get into this Arkansas LSU uh, business here in the transfer portal, specifically more like um, trading scenario, <laughs> trading back and forth. LSU gets two guys from the Hogs uh, defense: Joe Fouché and uh, Greg Brooks, Jr., and Arkansas gets two defensive guys from LSU, Landon Jackson the defensive end. And, of course, the big one is Dwight McLaughlin, uh, Jr. So, Oof. to give you all my thoughts here, some LSU fans were were confused with the the reason Dwight transferred because he was very outspoken when Elias Ricks announced his transfer and left Alabama. Then, all of a sudden, Dwight McLaughlin announces he's transferring. And everybody's like, wait, we we thought you were staying like why were you so vocal about Elias transferring and now you're transferring supposedly and, and this is hearsay so I'm not saying this is 100% truth or anything but supposedly Dwight had a very hard time with the trans the transition here with the new coaching staff uh he 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 definitely was upset with with some of the coaches that were let go he he wanted to see some of them stay I think specifically, obviously, Corey Raymond and, and Kevin Falk, two guys that he he uh, mentioned specifically. I think that's what you're seeing here is a guy who maybe felt uncomfortable with the new staff, was upset with the, some of the coaches leaving, and decided, hey, it may be best for me to leave. Of the four guys, the best guy is Dwight McLaughlin. Dwight McLaughlin is an incredible defensive back, and Arkansas got the best guy of the four but I would also argue that they probably got the least guy of the four in Landon Jackson, as he's not seen really any production at LSU. Uh, he is a four, four-star four defensive end, but just hasn't seen any field time really at all. That could change at Arkansas. Uh, you never know. But you wish both guys well. and I would say – Arkansas got one, LSU got two and three. I would say Joe Fouché of the four is two, and three would be Greg Brooks, and then Landon would be the fourth guy. That's just my thought on it. So if you want to say Arkansas, LSU, who got the better deal here, I really think it breaks even. Austin, what are your thoughts on 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 uh, Joe Fouché and Greg Brooks Jr. leaving, and what are your thoughts on the new guys coming in? I think this is what you're going to be getting with these two
2: guys. So Fouché is a guy that I feel like he is fully developed. He's a guy that I think he's reached pretty much his ceiling, his potential. Um, he's a guy that he is going to he's going to be a good tackler. He's going to come up and make a lot of tackles, especially in the run game. He's actually he's got some moments and some, some times where he's real sneaky when he when he can come up and make a play in the backfield too uh, off of a blitz. So, um, but he loves to come up and tackle. I wouldn't say he's a hard hitter, but he's a good tackler, um, if that makes any sense. Um, he's he's going to be a solid guy, a pretty consistent guy, not someone that's going to get beat a bunch, um, but he may not make the spectacular play either. Uh, with Brooks, Brooks is a little bit different. I think Brooks is a, a really good overall player in coverage. Um, I think he actually has a higher ceiling than Fouché, but he's a risk taker. So he's a guy that's going he's he's to go for it. Uh, he's going to make the big play. But he might get hurt trying to make that big play, too, every once in a while. Um, but he can make a big play and a big moment for you. Uh, I know had a, one of his biggest moments was last year, Sam Pittman's first year. Mississippi State, uh, pick six right out of the gate, made a big play, ended up leading us to our first ACC win in, I don't know, forever. Um, so he uh, he's a big risk taker, but he's going to be a good player, and I think he's got a higher ceiling than Fouché. Um, and then like you said, with McLaughlin, super excited, Arkansas people, all of us are super excited about, uh, the transfer portal, the guys we've been able to pick up. It feels like Pittman has been able to win some battles that Arkansas has not in the past been able to win. Guys like Drew Sanders from Alabama, former five-star, Jaden Hazelwood, former five-star from OU, uh, as a receiver. Now he's not going to come in and replace Traylon Burks, uh. I don't believe that at all. Burks, I think is one of the best guys, probably if not the best receiver in the draft this year. So he's not yeah, a replacement. He's going first. Yeah. He's not a replacement not first receiver, guy. I should say that. Yeah. He's not a replacement guy at all, but he's definitely going to obviously help us. Um, Cause I mean, Burks was more than half of our production on offense. So we'll, we'll see what KJ's made up this year, but um, without, without Burks on his team, but uh, we're super excited about the guys we've been able to get and to be able to replace because we lost a lot, uh, a lot of older guys that we've lost. And so it's nice to see this winning some battles that we haven't in the past um, with guys like McRoth- McLaughlin and Sanders and Hazelwood.
1: Good. Well, I appreciate your analysis on the two guys from Arkansas there. I mean, uh, we, 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 we like the feedback. We want to know what we're getting here at LSU. Uh, these are two guys also um, are, that are from Louisiana, uh, and they're getting an opportunity uh, here at the at the at the. I know Fouché. This is going to be his last year of eligibility. He's going to be one year at LSU. Greg Brooks, I think, may have two uh, two years, possibly three. I'm not I'm not sure. But these are two guys that are getting an opportunity to go home and, and play in their home state. Uh, guys who maybe not were were not recruited at, by LSU originally. And now have this chance to do so, and I think that is is what's happening here with Greg Greg Brooks and and Joe Fouché, um, just an opportunity to come home and, and play for the Tigers. Probably, I mean, they've grown up. Fouché was from New Orleans, and 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 Brooks was from Harvey, Louisiana. Uh, two guys that probably grew up watching LSU as kids and probably dreamed of playing there. So, I, I'm happy for them to be able to come home and 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 play for the Tigers, put on the purple and gold. But man, it does hurt to lose McLaughlin, uh, big time. I mean, these two guys may be really good, but they're not. They're not McLaughlin. Uh, he he filled a role this year without Stingley and without Elias Ricks, and he he played exceptionally well. Uh, Zach, what what do you see so far um, from from BK? It, it just seems like what they're trying to do here is um, recruit Louisiana, bring guys from Louisiana who who were from Louisiana and want the opportunity to come back. I mean, obviously the two guys I just named, Noah Cain's from Baton Rouge, um, uh, Micaiah Garner, he, he's from Texas, but he played at ULL. Kyron Lacey is a guy who was from Louisiana. Like the whole staff is that, that is filled out are, are guys who have Louisiana ties. It just seems like BK's focus is get the talent who is in your state and lock up Louisiana. What are your thoughts on this so far? And maybe go ahead here and and, and give us your thoughts on the closing of, of Brian Kelly's staff.
0: Well, I think when you look at that, just go look at the guys that he has hired. Who are the guys he has hired? He has hired guys that are going to go and recruit the state. They're going to go and recruit Louisiana. Of course, we know here on this past Monday – they announced Cortez Hankton, the wide receiver coach out of Georgia, passing game coordinator out of Georgia. He's going to come to LSU and fill that same position at LSU. He's coming back home to Louisiana. Go look at Frank Wilson, Louisiana. Uh, the list, uh, Go look at Brad Davis, which, Austin, we appreciate you for uh, in, in Arkansas for sending him back over to Louisiana because dude is phenomenal. He is the only coach that was retained in this staff and I think that is because he's one of the best offensive line coaches in the country, uh, maybe the best offensive line coach in the SEC. It's very clear that Brian Kelly understands where he is at and LSU, and LSU is very fortunate to where they can recruit Louisiana and they can compete for national championships. If you lock down the state and then go get a, a few other guys you know, over in Texas uh, nationally you can compete, national. You can compete for a national championship, and you can have a lot of success from just recruiting the state of Louisiana. I think one of the problems that Ed Ordron had is he he star chased man. He wanted to go and he wanted to get those those big name guys, those 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 really those five star five star guys, no matter where they were located at. Um, And try to bring them in and you saw a lot of misses and in the in the recruiting classes from 2019 20 uh 2020 uh 2021 you saw a lot of misses and then once you had those misses well you had already moved on from other guys that were in louisiana that would have otherwise come to lsu and so then you had to go and you know find somebody last um, seems like last minute to fill a spot and that's why we're at where we're at right now with this huge roster mismanagement. Reagan, did you know if if you go look at the 2019, 2020 and 2021 recruiting class, do you want to know how many guys out of those three classes are gone? 20 a whole lot. A whole lot. Yeah. yeah. Tw- 28 players uh most of which were five stars and four stars are gone. They're gone. They've moved they either uh they either transferred, uh they either um, you know, went to the uh, went to the draft. I mean, they either opted out. Uh, all these different scenarios. Um, you just you just see your LSU fans are starting to see why Ed Ordram was let go. There's multiple multiple reasons why Ed Ordram was let go, but one of the big reasons is his failure to manage this roster. And now Brian Kelly is having to come behind him and fix all the mess that he made by going to the transfer portal and picking up all these guys. But I think he's he's doing it correctly by trying to go out and get coaches that are going to lock down the state. And you're going to see that in the next few recruiting cycles with LSU. You're going to see them get the guys in Louisiana that they should get. There there is going to be as many guys leaving Louisiana to go to Bama, to go to Georgia, to go to to Florida, wherever. Um now you're still going to have misses because that's just That's just recruiting. You're going to have some misses here and there. But I think you're going to see uh, BK do a lot better job than previous staffs did with recruiting Louisiana.
1: Uh, I think you're 100% right. Uh, I mean, that was one of the biggest reasons, uh, I mean, when he's been asked, you know, why why leave Notre Dame to come to LSU? And he has said many, many times on multiple occasions, you know, the state of Louisiana, I, I can recruit the state of Louisiana. And he said in his interview during the Texas Bowl, you know, used to at Notre Dame, I had to get on a plane and fly across the country to recruit everybody. And if you look at Notre Dame stat, uh, uh, uh recruiting class right now, uh, I can't remember how many guys in it, but 18 of them are from 18 different states. I mean, you, you got to go across the country. To, to, recruit from Notre Dame. And, and Brian Kelly was like, Hey, we can recruit the state of Louisiana because it is a talent rich state. I mean, this year alone, you, within like an hour radius of, of LSU, there's the number one quarterback in the country. There's the number two offensive tackle in the country. Right. And then coming this next year, you got a five-star um, receiver in Shelton Sampson junior, who, who's in Baton Rouge at, at Catholic high. So, and year in and year out, and you can look at all of the LSU greats, they are from Louisiana. These are guys who, who grew up in Louisiana who want to play for LSU. LSU has such an advantage uh, from some other schools in the SEC and even in the nation. LSU, Louisiana has so much talent, and we are the only Power 5 school in the state of Louisiana. And if we can just recruit – Louisiana and lock it down. Now, obviously, you're going to have to go out to Texas, to California, to Georgia, to you know some other states to recruit, Florida. And you see that every year uh, uh, with with just about every school. Um, but we've really got to hone in on the state of Louisiana because there's plenty of talent here. And, I mean, I can't tell you how many guys I look at Alabama and it just makes me sick to my stomach. How many of them are from Louisiana? I mean, Christian Harris, Devontae Smith. Slade Bolden, like guys, Christian Harris was at in Baton Rouge, and he's, he's playing for Alabama. It, it makes me sick to my stomach how many guys have left Louisiana and gone to Alabama because we did not put a fence around Louisiana and keep Nick Saban out. And Nick Saban was the one who kind of tapped into that and, and kind of made it known to the world that, hey, Louisiana's got some talent. And, I mean, he he proved that while he was at LSU. Um, but this staff, uh, to, to talk about this staff, I, I love it. Um, there is there is experience and age and wisdom, and there's also young, creative minds um, who can bring new schemes in, in, in every position. And I think it's going to come together really well. I mean, you got Denbrock who has years of experience calling plays. You have Matt House who has years of experience calling defenses and has experience in the SEC. Um, You have Joe Sloan, a young guy from Louisiana Tech, who was their offensive coordinator, a creative mind, coming to be your quarterback coach. you got Frank Wilson, who's going to be that elite recruiter, the guy who is going to recruit Louisiana like nobody's business, the best recruiter in all of Louisiana. Um, Cortez Hankton, a New Orleans native, who has experience now at two different places in the SEC, with Vanderbilt, with Georgia. I mean, he just won a national championship. You, you think of guys like Jermaine Burton and George Pickens uh, and, and, and guys like that who come from that receiving core at Georgia. Um, Brad Davis, a Baton Rouge kid, who's now your offensive line coach, um, who, who, like you said, is probably one of the best offensive line coaches in the country. Jamar Kane, Kerry Cooks, Robert Steels, all guys who have experience and are, are young as well. I, I really like what BK has done with this staff and the experience it has and the youth that it has and also the focus that it has for the state of Louisiana, I think this is going to benefit LSU a whole lot. Yeah, I, and I know,
0: like, LSU fans, we're going to look through it in our purple and gold glasses, but we've got Austin on here. Austin, what – I know you're just an Arkansas fan, but what what was the – reaction for other other SEC fans for Arkansas fans specifically at uh getting Brian Kelly what what are the thoughts on LSU now that they have Brian Kelly
2: yeah I think it was a I think the majority of people were less you know that's a I mean that's a big steal I mean because Notre Dame is not like some there's some slouch um obviously for reasons that I'm hearing now from you Reagan you know saying that you know the state of Louisiana that, that's one of the reasons why he wanted to come and Um, I mean, yeah, it's a big splash hire. We kind of expected LSU to get somebody good. I mean, LSU is a good program um, historically, and so we expected that. I mean, it depends on who you talk to, definitely. Some people don't really care for the guy. Some people are are indifferent, you know, whatever. It's just another coach at LSU. I personally, I mean, I know it's a big hire. I mean, I know that it is. I think, I mean, LSU is going to be good. Like, there's no doubt about LSU is going to be good. Always, um, regardless of who their coach is, for the most part. I um, mean, yeah, you had a bad year with that O this last year, but um, you also won a national championship with that O, you know. Uh, and Arkansas, yeah. even I mean, Arkansas, you know, copied the same game plan that y'all had. Find somebody that loves this school, and um, we found that in Sam Pittman, and it's working out well for us. So hopefully, we don't fall off the cliff uh, next year or anything like that, like LSU did kind of this year. But I, I don't think that will happen. But, no, Brian Kill is a fantastic hire, um, and LSU is going to win. And, and like you said, LSU is completely stocked with talent. Um, and you can drive three hours east or three hours west, and you're going to find more talent in states like Texas, Mississippi, uh, if you drive a little further to Georgia, uh, and you're going to pull guys from there and always be talented that way. And so it, it, it's, a, it's a great hire, and it's a popular name that people are gonna, guys are going to be attracted to. Guy, a, a guy that has won and has done it in the past and kids are going to want to play for him. So,
1: Yeah, well, I appreciate your your input here, Louie. Uh, you'll have to join us again for another episode uh, to talk LSU and the Hogs. Hey, look, I, I know you stole one in Baton Rouge this Saturday, but you're going to have to suit up again and you're going to have to face a healthy Tigers basketball team. And we'll see how it goes down in Fayetteville. Hopefully it will favor the Tigers this time. Hey, we'll put a lid on this episode. Louie, we sure do appreciate you joining us. We'll catch you next time, episode 16 in the Tigers Avenue. Peace. Peace. Appreciate you guys.
0: LSU Tigers. Who that, Who that, Who that, the LSU Tigers. LSU Tigers.